0: Anita Engels is the executive director yes. of the American Bookbinders Museum in San Francisco, California. Welcome to the Bibliophile. Oh well, thank you. So why should the book-loving literary tourists come to your museum?
1: Well, it is the only one in North America, so they're going to have to go an awful long way to find another one. It's, it's unique. The story that we tell is completely unique because nobody else is telling it. There are other places that have you know, bookbinding equipment or um, bookbinding historical stuff, but not as a museum and not as a tour. Um, so if you're not already an aficionado, you, you, you may not really grasp it. So I think what we do really well is we break it down and make it accessible and we talk not only about the process but we talk about the human experience associated with that process. A lot of people who read books, they've never really thought about what it took to get that physical object into their hands. And I think a lot of people will be surprised. I think they'll be surprised at the process. You know, it's a, it's a very involved um, technical process. You know, one of the things we say in our tour is that this was the original IT. You know, the book was a container; it contained information. This was the original information technology, right? And, and you, nobody would think of a book that way today. But you know, back a long time ago, this was this was state of the art. This was it. Mm-hmm. Well, this it's was like one of the most
0: successful pieces of technology ever invented.
1: Exactly. Right. You know, and it's lasted a long time. It's still yeah. here. I expect it will stay here for a good long time. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, forever you know honestly I hope that it sticks around forever and you know so I think it gives people you know I think the way we try to tell it is we don't just give them a a dry well step one step two step three Mm -hmm. we we give them the story and you know how did people do this and who were the people that do it and what was their socioeconomic place in the world and you know what what kind of a, a lifestyle did they have and what did that mean, you know, to them and to the process that they were working in? You know, and then the, the evolution of that. It, it was an evolutionary process, even, mm-hmm. you know, during the, you know, 15-so centuries of pure hand binding. There were refinements going on. They were, mm-hmm. you know, they were learning from each other. They were, tra- people would travel, they would bring things home with them, and, you know, they'd have those aha moments that would change things for them. Then, you know, the fact that we span that are the original hand process that really probably came into its vogue in the Middle Ages um, up until the Industrial Revolution where it just completely changed that whole process and made books, you know, available to everybody where as before they weren't. It's an interesting story that I think a lot of people don't really think about. You know, we've all always had books. We don't think about it. We take it for granted. So I really think that after you've been through the tour, you just never really look at a book the same way again. Yeah. You start looking at how was it constructed, you know, oh, there's, that's the spine and the, the different technicalities about producing that book, you know, a cheap paper bag versus a beautifully constructed artisanal book. They're still books. They still have similarities, mm-hmm. um, but I think you have a greater appreciation for the technology and the craft. Yeah. And I think it's interesting to a lot of people that's the feedback that we get from people when they after they've left. So.
0: Yeah, no, it was a it was a great tour that I went on. Coming in the door I thought, okay, I'm going to learn about the covers of the book and how it's decorated and but no, we're getting the, the actual string, the
1: materials, with, the tools. It, exactly, yeah. The physical effort it takes, you yeah. know, I mean the, the beating hammer is not light.
0: Yeah, you've got all the lovely old tools and all of the equipment here to right. to to show us. How
1: they did it before. Yeah. You know, I mean it is it is different today. We don't have any of the digital printing stuff and we and you know the mass production of books today is, is well beyond what we have on the floor because we only you know go up into the you know the early twentieth century. We also just don't have room for it.
0: But so, no, but some in in fact some of this equipment there's only a few of them in the whole world. That's right. That's impressive.
1: Right. The pen ruler is there's only three or four of them out there, and nobody seems to have one that's actually working. And that's sad. Ours could be working, but we, need, we just need funding to get it back operational. operationally. Yeah. But wouldn't that be great if we had the funding to get it up and running, and you know, people who would want to do you know, their own artisanal, rural pages for a book that they're going to make, mm-hmm. then they could come here and do that. You know, we'll get there, but you know, we're just not there yet.
0: Yeah, when was the museum established?
1: We're about two and a half years old, so we're Very relatively new. new. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in a neighborhood that is uh, full of museums.
0: Are you? Well, okay.
1: we're over here, and we've got the uh, Moad, and we've got the Children's Creativity Museum, and there's the Jewish Heritage Museum. I mean, there's just this area, sort of south of the market here, Buena, is just rich with museums. So mm-hmm. we're just one of many, right? But we're a distinctly different museum
0: from mm-hmm. anyone else. And how is it funded then?
1: A Couple of things, well, private donation, which we're always trying to grow. <gasps> we rent the place out for events, which is our best revenue mm-hmm. source uh, at the moment. And we also, uh, we, you know, we get revenue from tours, the bookshop, and mm-hmm. little, maybe little workshops and things like that. We're trying to grow the workshops and lectures um, so that's still very much um, a growth opportunity for us. Yeah. So those are really our three areas that we focus on.
0: you have got a collection of some beautiful bindings here too. We
1: do. Yes, we do. We have a, a special collection um, and archival materials. Most of it's focused on bookbinding. It's you know bookbinding history, uh, how to do bookbinding. You know past, present, um, about the tools. The reference. Yes, as a reference library.
0: But you do have examples of beautiful We do. We have a
1: very nice collection of publisher's bindings that was donated to us. We have about 450 volumes. They span from 1830 to 1950. Um, And just really beautiful examples of different designers like Margaret Armstrong. You know, the, the common unifying theme is that they are publisher's bindings. So, what does that mean there? Publishers, by the, the publishers, made, there's no hand, none of them were handmade. They were all basically mass produced by publishers. And they, and yet, publishers had figured out that this was the way to attract buyers by making a beautiful cover.
0: Yeah, it's kind of the precursor to the dust yeah. jacket.
1: Yeah. Well, and so if you have a really nice cover, then how do you make the, keep the cover protected, yeah, right? You put a dust jacket on. Yeah. So.
0: And so these uh, books are uh, available and accessible to the general public or you, you,
1: by special request. If somebody wants to come in and look at them, they can request to, to see them and look at them. They're only available on site, you know, we yeah. n- don't lend no. any of that out, but if you can access our entire collection off of our website. Um, oh, there okay. is a view button and you can you can look for things, you know, like the equipment that we have is is on there. Um, the publishers' bindings are on there. Our bookbinding reference manuals are all on there. So if somebody is interested, in, you know, if they find something in that collection that they would like to come in and look at because they're doing some kind of research,
0: or or just a book lover who wants to come in and then pick the book up, right? Just to That's see okay. it, just to see what yeah. it's like.
1: Yeah, yeah. We've got a couple of I think pretty, pretty unique things to offer somebody. You know, we're not a gigantic museum, but I think we've got a a wealth of things to offer people. You know, we've got the temporary exhibits that we're doing that we, uh, we run periodically, so those change. There's a reason to come back to check out the new exhibit.
0: These tours that you offer, how long do they last, and how often do you have them?
1: So we run two tours a day, we have one at 11 and one at 2, um, docent-led. Mm-hmm. They're, they're anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half, a lot of it depends on who's here. Um, some people have a lot of questions and you know I mean it's not unheard of a tour going over the hour and a half Mm -hmm. because people just get really fascinated and that's fine you know we're happy to give them as much information as they're willing willing to take so that's five days a week Tuesday through Saturday and we are currently working on self-guided tours which is something that we have not been able to do in the past we just we don't have the Artifacts, signage, documentation. So that if you were to come in without a docent and you were to walk around, you probably wouldn't get a whole lot from it. And that's why the docent-led tour is so great. But we're developing a self-guided tour so that those people who just can't make it to a docent-led tour, they still have a reason to come and they'll still they'll have something they can take away with
0: them. We've talked a bit about the equipment that you have here that's unique. where did you get all the equipment from?
1: From a lot of different sources. Most of them, people who were binders, you know, people who had binderies and they had old, this old equipment, they had collected it themselves. Some of it is, you know, was given to us, donated to us, so it's permanent. Some of it is on loan to us. Mm-hmm. So a lot of different donors.
0: Why did the museum set up in the first place? Um, someone's idea, it, idea it was. It was.
1: There, there was a, um, the founder was a binder himself and he got really fascinated with the historical aspect of binding what was his name well, his name was Tim James
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he um, you know he just started collecting things he started you know he talked to a lot of other binders and some of the other binders gave him things to, to add to the collection
0: He's from San Francisco yeah
1: he's from this yeah. area the Bay Area
0: okay.
1: He was able to um, get a cup get some some donors to back him um, and develop the library. Originally uh, started as really just I think a hobby in uh, next to his bindery he had a you know he started collecting stuff putting it in there and people could come by on by appointment and he you know tell them about the machines and um, and so a couple of years ago the founder and um, some of the people that were interested in it they got together and they said well you know let's let's do this for real let's make some, something of this so they they got the backing and. We're set up in this beautiful space.
0: Yeah, it is beautiful, isn't it? It's got high ceiling. It's kind of like an old, must be an old warehouse. Of yeah,
1: I it, it believe it was an old um, sort of like light manufacturing machinist type shop. It, it, it's been extensively renovated. Yeah, it's
0: gorgeous. It, it's with concrete walls and, well, concrete floors that are painted. And it's right. very artsy. Yeah,
1: they, they did a really nice job when they redid it. So here we are still really in our infancy yeah still looking to grow still looking to grow our funding base looking to grow our attendance base you know people that are just interested in what we do we get a lot of book lovers that come here um, just because they're, they're they're interested in the book mm-hmm. we do get people who are um, handbook binders they're either professionals or amateurs you know and and we we get some people who are binders you know they're maybe retired or and they just want to see what we've got mm-hmm. so we get this a sort of broad section of people that come through, but by and large, when you ask, we ask people, why did you come here, and they say, "Well, I, I just really love books, and I yeah. I just want to learn more."
0: And what's your mission then? Like, what what do you want to? What's your five-year plan? Uh, like, what do you want to tell the world?
1: So the mission is really to preserve and preserve and tell that story of the craft and science of bookbinding for future generations, so that there is an understanding of the physical construction of a book, mm-hmm. right? So that's that's the overriding mission. Is so that
0: the, what the the book continues so, to be made and, and
1: relevant, and you know, and and not just something that you take for granted. Uh, to understand that there was a true craft behind it. Yeah. Um, I mean, if if you've only ever looked at maybe paperbacks, then maybe it doesn't make as much sense. But if if you look at any hardcover book, mm-hmm. there's a lot of. A lot of technology in putting that together. Yeah, a lot of labor involved
0: too. Yes. It used to be anyway. Right. Now it's mechanized, but boy, was there a lot of labor. Still a lot of technology to do that. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I think people who are just curious, uh, you have people who have just a real sort of technical engineering bend as well. Like they like to see, they like to put things together and take things apart and yeah. understand how things were made. Yeah. And so that, that's a, a big.
0: Lift up the hood and. Exactly. Yeah. check out um, the engine and
1: then it is it's a part of our history
0: mm-hmm. so it, yeah. it is
1: you know it's know—it's—it's a, a history to keep alive and to well, get, especially San Francisco exactly
0: I guess you're the, like the west coast publishing capital
1: so it, it makes sense to be here but we try to make it really fun for people when they come here I think mm-hmm. it's pretty relaxing it's you know it's certainly not high stress
0: you want more people here but there's, it's not crowded which is exactly. I, I like it that it's not crowded here. right
1: And you know, just by nature of its size, when we like sell our tours online, we you know we have a maximum number of tickets, so Mm -hmm. it's it's like it's never going to be crowded. Um, I think there's a lot thought that's enjoyable about it. The uh, tours are, they're interesting, they're educational, they're fun. The exhibits are beautiful.
0: We should touch on the artist books. That's a growing field for sure. A lot of book arts programs at yeah. universities that yeah. are like books, they're looking at the tradition of book finding, but there's also artists that are using the book as a, as a concept.
1: Right, or as their
0: medium. And they a really difference. are pushing the boundaries of, mm-hmm.
1: you, you know, the things that we have on exhibit today, uh, I think a lot of people would come in and say, I would never have thought of that to be a book. You know, but yeah. the de- by definition, it, it is a book
0: it isn't it isn't i mean it well, I could call it an art art book that, I mean, it's, it's, art, it's a piece or of work o- of art. Or an art
1: an object of art yeah um, just the creativity that is you know still out there to make this you know this thing that's been around for 2000 years
0: so yeah you've got a broad definition of book binding you're not sticking to the traditional which is what i thought we were going to get here there's a very traditional take on which is what the tour Gives us right. exactly, right. but it seems to me that with this exhibition, uh, you're, you're broad-minded about the, the whole field. Right.
1: There was a beginning, and there was, you know, there's different ways of doing it, and we focus only on Western bookbinding. You know, where you didn't hear anything about Islamic bookbinding or, no. you know, Byzantine bookbinding. Because we, we can only do so much. Yeah. Doesn't mean we couldn't in the future. I mean, yeah, right yeah. now we just we just can't do that. We've got more than. Well, you could of do people. exhibitions of that kind. We of work could too. we could, yeah. and that would be great to do. It would be yeah. a great thing to bring in here to, to see sort of the difference of, yeah. of the different book painting traditions. I think really part of the point of of coming here and taking the tour is to open up your mind. A, a book it doesn't have to just be paper between two covers with a spine. Mm-hmm. it can be more than that. And I think that that's really part of the vision. You can understand the origins, you can understand the basic construct of it, but you can also then be introduced to things that are pushing the boundary. Um, yeah, so that's, that's why we want to be here. And, and, you know, to encourage people to get engaged with the book arts. Uh, one of our donors, she you know, she had a career and did completely different from that, but she got really, really involved in the book arts. She took a class and she just really enjoyed making the books and she's done marbling and, you know, she's probably made paper. She's done a lot of different things. She's very active in it. That's her hobby. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just it opened this world up to her by taking that one class. Was this
0: a class connected to? The it was not connected to us. No, no.
1: Um, it's the the center for the book, and the, you know, there's a couple of centers for the books. There's one in San Francisco. There's one in New York. There's one in Minneapolis. There mm-hmm. may be more, and and they do a lot of different kinds of classes, not just bookbinding. They do a lot of other things. So, but you know, she got interested in it, and that's how she got interested in donating to us. It's fascinating in that you could get really fascinated by just the the process and, and or you can get fascinated by what you could do if you if you're artistic yeah. of creating things mm-hmm. like you see in the exhibit where you're using the book as a medium but you're you're making it your own sort of palette you know you're doing what you want to do with it mm-hmm. um, and i think that that's that's really interesting
0: well there's two groups of people that you, that you appeal to as we mentioned the, the antiquarian book lover mm-hmm. who loves the history of books and the, the book as object and the other artisan, the people that actually love to get their hands on paper and, and uh, leather and whatever else, string, whatever else you need to, right. to make a book. Right. Great. Well, perhaps you could give me your website.
1: www.bookbindersmuseum.org
0: Very good. And before we leave, what else can a, a literary tourist or a book lover do if they come here to San Francisco, are there any other recommendations you might you might give them in addition to coming here? The uh, Center for the, for the Book, yeah,
1: if they're going to be here for more than just a weekend, definitely check it out. They have classes that they could take during the week. Okay. But, you know, actually, I think Center for the Book is open seven days a week. Oh. I think you could probably take something over the weekend oh, okay. um, and, you know, they just have a wealth of things. Um, yeah. So if you really want to, you know, be hands on, get your hands dirty, Center for the Book is a, a really good place to go. And of course, there's city lights, which is true. Uh, pretty much, city. it's in all the tourist books. so yeah. you know, people, people are going to go there.
0: And there's the Beat Museum right across the road from that. Yeah, if that interests you. Right. Is there anything else you can think of?
1: Um. Well, there's Aryan Press. They have a tour, don't they? They do have a tour. I think they only do one a week, but it's a it's a really good tour. They focus on printing because they're pu- they publish. And they print, and so that is the focus of what they do, which is—it's a really nice companion to us because we don't—we don't dwell on the printing. No. They—they um, they do. They dwell on the printing. You go into their um, bookbinding room. But they do hand bind everything. They, you know, they're not mass producing the bindings. No. They it's do hand fine press. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not really the focus of their of their tour. So as a companion, we're great. There's a number of like literary walking tours. There's a Dashell Hammett tour. There's still a lot of great bookstores in San Francisco.
0: There's the Green Apple, I know that, um, and Dog Ear.
1: There's Omnivore, which is a specialty for cookbooks.
0: Oh yes, I've heard right. of that. We've
1: got Chronicle books over here, just steps away from us. Yeah, I've got um, to check
0: that out. That's the, yeah, they make some really neat books, don't they? Yeah. Colorful, and uh, that's a bookstore, right? They publish book books, and it's a bookstore. It store. is
1: a bookstore. So there's really a lot here
0: some good theater here, too.
1: Good theater, good food.
0: And a literary tourist always needs to have good food. That's right. Yeah.
1: And it's a very walkable city.
0: Super. Well, thanks very much for the tour and for the talk.
1: Thank you. Thank you for coming.
0: I've been speaking with Anita Engels, who is the executive director of the American Bookbinders Museum in San Francisco, California. Thanks again. Thank you.